This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders. Was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Stephanie and Stephanie Talk Tunes. What's up, Talk Tuners? Welcome to the show where we share stories and memories of the music that has shaped our lives. Hola, I'm Stephanie Pena. Hey, Talk Tuners, I'm Stephanie Myers. Oh, good to be back. Good to see you, Stephanie. Excited about today's show. Uh, I know that you have been seeing quite a bit of your faves. And in particular, I'm sure our audience would love to hear about your time with Sparks and They Might Be Giants. Yeah, a lot of good concerts lately. Got to see two of my all-time favorite bands play together at the Hollywood Bowl. That's Sparks, which is Russell and Ron Mail. And then they might be giants, uh, the lovely Johns, John Linnell and John Flansburg. These are just two of my favorite bands ever. And when I heard about this bill, it was like, this is like something that I had created uh, in my sleep from my mind manifesting. I was like, oh my God, how does this <laughs> even exist? And uh, they're both so special to me. I both associate each of those bands with like particular times in my life. I just love them so much. They're such wonderful songwriters. Their studio stuff is great, but also they put on a heck of a show. This was Mm -hmm. probably, I mean, I've seen They Might Be Giants maybe dozens of times. I don't know how many times I had seen them. And so I'm very aware of what a great show they put Mm -hmm. on. Um, I love them so much. They are Brooklyn-based, and so they play on the East Coast a lot more than they come here to play on the West Coast. So it's very special to be able to see them at the Hollywood Bowl. They, of course, did not disappoint. They put on a heck of a show. They're big fans of Sparks, too. Mm -hmm. So uh, they were really excited to open for Sparks, and uh, it was so great to see uh, Sparks get really excited, get the credit they deserve, uh, folks who haven't seen the Edgar Wright documentary, the Sparks Brothers that came out a couple years ago, I feel mm-hmm. like that really uh, introduced a lot of uh, resurgence in their popularity. They'd been cult for so long, and they still are. But just to give Talk Tuners context, um, they talked about seeing the Beatles at Hollywood Bowl many years ago. Oh, wow. And- yeah, their parents took them um, when they oh were kids <laughs> to go see that show, right? Yeah. And then they had this moment and they're like, we're finally here to play the Hollywood yeah. Bowl. And and that's really after their career took just this trajectory where they were just so cult for so long. Uh-huh. And so to be able to have this, I think they're getting their due in a lot of ways. I love that. I'm not one of those fans that try to be gatekeeper-y. Um, I really right. like sparks. And so I talked them up a lot of the time. Yeah. So 
I say all this to say, you know, it's almost like this show really defied words to see both of them. It was so high energy. It was so wonderful. Felt like one of those life affirming shows. And Mm -hmm. Stephanie, Mm -hmm. I know for you, we talk about concerts just being these uh, incredible moments of connection and uh, camaraderie. And it was so wonderful. It was like very life affirming. Life's great. It's been a fantastic summer in every way. And then I hope it's been that way for you too, Stephanie, and for oh, yeah. all the talk tuners, all the talk tuners. Oh, and this was, yeah. I think, my fifth or sixth time seeing Sparks. So I knew exactly how they hold the audience in the palm of their hand. Mm-hmm. And it was such a, a one-two punch um, with mm-hmm. these really special bands who really do their, they each uh, inhabit their own corner, right? They do their own thing. Right. They're not, uh, they're yep. not reflecting off each other. They're just, uh, they're just great in their own right. So they're very really, unique. Yeah. Very unique, very unique and just incredible songwriting, incredible energy. I just, I love them so much. So it was so great. And uh, yeah, if you're here in LA, of course, it's going to be more Hollywood bowl shows on the horizon. And I highly recommend that talk tuners go check that if you get the chance right on right on yep my you know my summer has definitely been great as well i got a lot of shows and i'm going to be sharing in future episodes so stay tuned but let's get into today today guys we are talking about the one the only the yeah yeah yes and the song that brought them to the scene back in the early 2000s and we're talking about maps Love the Yeah Yeah Yeahs. Folks may or may not know, but the Yeah Yeahs formed in New York all the way back in 2000. And uh, to me, mm-hmm. sometimes the 2000s, early 2000s, seem like they happened like five years ago. Not the case. Yeah. We are in 2023. <laughs> I know. I, so know. <laughs> I have to I remind know. myself of that sometimes. But yes. That was the future. 2000. The future. I mean, we just got over Y2K. I yeah. mean, here comes the yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> exactly. It came out of the New York music scene, which was very much burgeoning at that time. And the group uh, got together, composed of vocalist and pianist Karen O. She was born Karen Lee Orzelek, uh, guitarist and keyboardist Nick Zinner, and drummer Brian Chase. 
And according to an interview from the live from Central Park Summer Stage series, they said, hey, we took the band's name from modern New York City vernacular, which I'm okay, not going to do. what does that mean? I'm not going to do an impression, but you can imagine a New Yorker okay, so I guess saying the band's name. I'll do it yeah. without the accent. You can guess. You can guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just know. I, I'm here prodding. I know what it means. So I'm just asking. Like, come, come on. You do an impression, <laughs> Stephanie. You can do it. I got that accent. <laughs> <laughs> I will not embarrass myself today in trying to do it. But I know our talk tuners have an imagination. Yes. Use it. <laughs> use it. Exactly. Exactly. So they burst onto the scene. It was their 2003 debut album, Fever to Tell. And that's what Maps came off of. And folks who know this will know this song was everywhere. And it really had this staying power. It's with us Mm -hmm. till this day. And in 2010, Rolling Stone ranked Maps as their 386th in their line of the 500 greatest songs of all time. Of all time. So that's how influential it was. And it's really pretty incredible. It has a real legacy and I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, let's dive deeper into that, y'all. And, you know, Stephanie mentioned formed in 2000. This is a completely different time, right? We are stepping into what we were thinking is going to be the Jetsons world, right? So different vibe, different vibe. The song was released in February 2004. And this was actually like... A viral song. It, that's how it got attention through Napster. I'm bringing it back Napster because yes, that was relevant, completely relevant at this time. So people were down for those that don't know what Napster is. People were using this platform to download any song they could possibly find from the internet rather than pay for it. Period. That's what it was. Now stop there. So, but also the internet was become was you know getting more and more hype. People were using it more in their homes. It's a different time. Period. Yeah. This is one of the songs that actually made a big buzz on the net. And so Napster happened, downloads were happening, and eventually got radio play. MTV picked it up. And when MTV picks it up, yeah, there we go. And this is at another time too. MTV was pivoting towards more of that reality television and what it is now. But at that time, they were still very strong showing music videos, introducing music to the masses. And yep, they got the golden ticket once they got on MTV. Indie rock in itself, this is considered, if we have to categorize the yeah, yeah, yeahs, they'd be on the indie rock list. That particular genre was now on the mainstream. You know, Stephanie, you mentioned about Sparks having a cult following. Same thing with indie, like indie rock, just period. Like that's, you know, a lot of these bands just have cult followings. Well, now, boom, that's pretty cool. And with that said, when the yeah, yeah, yeah started gaining that popularity, it opened doors for bands that we know and love. A lot of people have big followings. The White Stripes, The Strokes. This was a, a revolution. Like, honestly, it was like indie rock revolution. Pretty cool. Pretty cool just to think about it. I mean, it was different. It's com- yeah. It was completely different than what you would hear if you don't if you don't take deep dives, if you don't look for those, you know, the, the bands that you're not going to listen to on the radio all the time. You know, yeah, 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 as we're so... in. This song in particular was so influential that Kelly Clarkson's producers, Max Martin and Dr. Luke Gottwald, they actually wrote 
produced a song since you've been gone. Kelly's first song made the big splash at number two on the billboard when it came out. It mirrored Map's rhythmic style. And for folks that, you know, just to go a little bit deeper, things that I learned, it was the same G major key, the post guitarist break, and a middle eight. These are all, you know, music terms. So if you're not a musician or, you know, you don't know how to read music, this may not mean anything to you. Um, this is new knowledge. But basically put it in layman's terms, the same rhythmic style. Yeah. Whoa. The influence, right? It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. The influence across the different genres. That's where that's where maps came from, which is incredible to me. Yeah. And my that's just insane. So yeah. Thanks, Karen O. I mean, you you did a lot for other bands. And yeah, I'm just man. So anyway, this this whole this whole story is fascinating, Stephanie. I'll let you kick it off. Yeah, I'm so interested in how they really parlayed, as you said, Stephanie, to say, hey, it's important that we're on MTV and we need to be on here for a reason. And so I think about the music video um, from the song. I found all these uh, fun facts at RadioX.com. We have uh, in the video, Karen, she's standing in front of a stage in an empty school hall. And the camera closes in on her face as she sings the words. And um, as the solo begins, she starts to cry. And mm-hmm. Karen later said, they were real tears. Quote, my boyfriend at the time was supposed to come to the shoot. He was three hours late and I was just about to leave for tour. So, Oh, my God. Yeah. So the emotion that you see there was real. And then Whoa. she said... I didn't think he was even going to come and that this was the song that was written for him. He eventually showed up and I got myself in a real emotional state. And I was like, wow, Karen. So like everything we're seeing on screen. Dude. Yeah. is very real. And authentic. Yeah. Yeah. And this was, and this was kind of nuts. Found out later. Who's this boyfriend who aroused all this emotion is Angus and Andrew, and that's the lead singer of the band Liars. And one rumor has it that MAPS actually stands for My Angus, Please Stay. Okay. So there's this rumor that was that coded message mm-hmm. to him. But it did not last between Karen and Angus um, in 2000. Yeah, as these things tend not to. Um, in 2006, Karen said, there's a lot of love in that song, but there's a lot of fear too. I exposed myself so much with that song. I kind of shocked myself. And she's just such a great songwriter in that way. She does have these just very vulnerable songs. And I thought that was really cool song wise, but yeah, also within the context of this music video. Yeah. I mean, she talked about exposing herself. That's authentic. That is crazy crazy wow like yeah. I, I wonder how she feels about it when she sees the, the video now like oh, that, that's pretty cool yeah yeah right and so uh after karen moved to la that relationship did come to an end she was linked to video director spike jones who has made mm-hmm. a number of great music videos actually but she's mm-hmm. now married to the movie director barnaby clay they have a son Django. so all's well that ends well on that mm-hmm. end, Angus is no longer in the picture, even though he inspired, I guess, some great art with maps. So 
yeah. they have him to thank for that. We I wonder if there's some jealousy, that. you know, there with her husband. Like, we can't play this song. This is the one song we cannot play. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Be like, hey, I know who this is about. Um, yeah, I mean, and that's natural, right? So, I mean, what, just to spit it, that's crazy. Especially because it has this rumor tied to it as well. Man, right. I'd like to be a fly on the wall when they got together. So tell me, what's MAPS really about? Yeah, right? Well, mm. in the words of Liberace, maybe they were crying all the way to the bank. So Possibly. That's right. That's right. Hopefully. That coin. Yeah. Hopefully there's, there's a little comfort in how much money <laughs> the song made. But Karen still talks about MAPS, right? And she said... Yeah. To the BBC in 2019, she said, I'm endlessly curious about that song because it's just strange to me. So she's got a little bit of critical distance from it now. And she mm-hmm. said, I remember it was like a daydream making that song. It just happened so kind of effortlessly and incidentally. And so, yeah, we've talked on this show about just muses, about uh, how songs come about. So I thought that was really interesting that she kind of has this distance to be like, oh, wow, what was this? I made it. And now I'm looking at it with different eyes. Yeah, different time. And hey, just I'm just going to throw in my feelings towards it. I wasn't a big fan when I first heard the song. I heard it on yeah. MTV. I just was it. It was different. I just didn't like it. Whatever, right? It happens. Yeah. You know, yeah. we don't. We all have different tastes. And I, I just really didn't get it. I'm like, this song is simple. I don't understand why is she crying. I mean, I'm here watching the video. And I was just like, I, I just didn't. It didn't. It didn't resonate with me. Period. But hey, we got the chance to see them live together back in 2004. So this is when the song was, you know, just, it's brand new. You know, it was getting all the airplay and it was at K-Rock's Dysfunctional Family Picnic. We've talked about this uh, concert in other episodes. We saw so many bands, um, in particular the Beastie Boys episodes, where we go in more detail about this particular show. But we really want to highlight the yeah, yeah, yeahs because again, I mean, they're at the beginning of making this worldwide splash you got a song that is, um, you know, reaching out to the masses on a different level. It is different from the pop mainstream. That's basically what I'm trying to go with here. And um, I didn't, I wasn't a fan again, wasn't a fan. I, you know, I can appreciate music in any form, seeing it live for sure. And they put on a great performance. I mean, Karen O, she's a performer for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think about that incredible show It's back in 2004, and I know we've talked about seeing them play at this. It's a big festival, right? This is out in Jones Beach. It's the annual K-Rock Dysfunctional Family Picnic. Beastie Boys, Cypress Hill, Jay-Z, The Darkness, The Strokes were there, and even more. And so, yeah, 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 we're part of this amazing context to be able to go see. And it's on the, the venue is on the water. It was really exciting. They did 10 songs that night, and they ended with Maps. And so by that time, they had really built up to it. And people were, I just remember, so excited. Uh, it's, such a, it's such a release of emotion to, I think, hear that song and to have that at the end of the set, too. Um, I felt like made it a really special night. Yeah, I mean, you think about it, February 2004, and then this was in June. I remember mm-hmm. the show yeah. was in June. So it was really fresh. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty phenomenal. And to be able to share the stage with all of these big acts, like, yeah. who are you? Oh, right. Yeah. Yes. All right. Okay. Excuse me. Excuse me. So yeah. their popularity, of course, only got bigger and bigger. Um, I actually got to see them in 2009 at ACL, um, Austin, uh, Austin City Limits Music Festival. And 
at that time I was working in the industry, I was doing security and I was manning their ADA stage. So checking passes, making sure, you know, of course everyone is behaving. That's what you do security at, at festivals. And uh, again, you know, I'm making this very, very clear. I had a pivot. I had a moment. I was like, okay, I'm not really into this band, whatever. I'm here to get paid, but I do like heads were roll. At that time, yeah. Heads were on their second album, I believe, right, Stephanie? Yeah. Uh -huh. uh -huh. Yeah, I was like, I like that one. So they were already a household name by this time, right? So I'm like, cool, cool, cool. I like that song, waiting for it. Well, when they did Maps, Karen had no music. It was just her singing. Oh it was gosh. one of the most beautiful, beautiful performances I have ever seen live. I have goosebumps now I'm talking about it. I had goosebumps then. And I was like, you know what? I appreciate this. I had a turn. And yeah. And so she did it a cappella, just so I'm understanding. This is incredible. Yeah, there, you know, my memory serves me correct. I know it does for the most part. The majority of it was. It did kick off some music, but it, Stephanie, I'm telling you, like, they didn't even need that. That's like, incredible. Was, you rarely see that live. So that's must have been. Successful. Exactly. And this festival of this magnitude, you yeah. know, holy shit, everyone was just like, <laughs> and I, I, my, I, I just have my face still, folks, you can't see me right now, but just mouth <laughs> open, like, oh my God, this is happening. And they weren't at the time even, um, they weren't an evening act. They were in the middle of the day. So, you know, they, yeah, <laughs> I just like crowd masses were there. It was not empty and people came, they showed up and I, I respected them on a whole different level now. And I see that song in a different light. I'm still not a fan of the original recording, but I hold on to that, to that, uh, performance. Like, like, yeah, that's great. That's so special to be able to see it like that, which is, yeah, that's so rare. And it just makes me think too, I think because of her willingness to experiment, mm -hmm. Karen O is such a great showman or show woman. Mm -hmm. And yeah. she's just puts on an incredible show I also just think about she's known as a style icon mm -hmm. and her looks over the years or onstage looks, they've just been well-documented. She came out of the early 2000 scene. It was the same scene that Lady Gaga did and others, you know, yeah. and we were catching mm -hmm. a lot of shows in New York around then too. And it was really, it was the same Lower East Side scene. And um, she's often compared to Lady Gaga just in terms of style. And Karen has hinted, that they've kind of even went farther than Lady Gaga, which, yeah, it's like, all right, who wore it best? What's going on? But um, she talks often about how she was inspired by 70s glam rock in her oh, yeah. look. For That's sure. Yeah. If you see yeah. her lot, yes. Got leotards on, all sparkling and shit. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yes. Yeah. Total glam. Complete. Yes. And as I've, I'm sure mentioned on this podcast, that's one of my favorite subgenres is 70s glam rock. I love it. And uh, musically and the look. And so she really embodies it. She really puts herself out there. She knows how to put on a show. But yeah, part of that is how she presents herself. And, you know, yeah, 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 understand the visuals. And I think that's so cool. But talk tuners, if you've never seen any of this, there's a lot of great just retrospectives out there. Spin and Rolling Stone have a couple just of her visuals over the years. If you want to check yeah. out her outfits, her costumes. She's just really, really cool. So got to give her credit for that. Yeah. I want to go play in her closet. Right. For Let's real. go play dress up. Let's go. Let's go do it. hundred percent. hundred percent. 
Well, this has been an awesome little flashback. I feel like I'm back at the shows, uh, listening to them like I'm physically there. So this has been great. And as usual, Talk Tuners, we would love to hear from you. If you've heard them, if you watch them play, we'd love to hear your concert memories. Please reach out to us. Mm-hmm. We're on your do it 100%, guys. We're in your social choice. We are we are not shrinking violets. We are here with you. Whatever social platform you're on, we are at we're on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, at Stephanie's Talk Tunes. On Twitter, we're at Stephanie's Talk. You can just drop us a line on Gmail, Stephanie's Talk Tunes at gmail.com. And an easy shortcut to all things Stephanie and Stephanie Talk Tunes is Stephanie's Talk Tunes.com, where you can listen to all episodes and you can buy some merch. Yes. Come check us out. And you can also rate us on Good Pods, folks. And if you write a short five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we will periodically be reading those here on the show. So I want to say thank you for those. Keep them coming. We just really appreciate the support. We don't take it for granted. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Echoing those sentiments. Thank you so much, Stephanie. Uh, appreciate everyone's time today. Go check out the yeah, yeah, yeahs if they are new to you. Um, and if they're not, go revisit the albums. Revisit that magic. All right, guys. This is Stephanie Pena. I am out. See you guys soon. Stephanie Myers, I'm out. Talk to you Peace. We will see you in two weeks. achieve the American dream, the big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship. The studio behind American Scandal comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.